Of course, he was in a, an empty church this morning also with a few praise and worship team and such as that. And, and he's a pastor that's got several thousand in his church. And, and he said, you know, in the Old Testament, uh, God made a temple for the people to meet in and gather in. And in the New Testament, we are the temple. And so I'm telling you, the body of Christ is the temple, even though it's nice to be able to join together and, and hook up together. But this, this is a time none of us has experienced in my life. You know, I'm not that old. But the thing about it is I've never seen anything like this before. And uh, I'm not sure it's going to be the last time we see anything like this. I'm sure not prophesying it, but I just know Jesus is coming back and this thing's wrapping up. And, uh, but I tell you what, this thing here is going to come to pass and it's going to be soon in the name Amen. of Jesus. And so that's what we declare and that's what we claim. You know, I was, uh, as I was, uh, and most everybody's heard me minister on these scriptures before. Many of you may not because I don't know how many of you's out there tuned in to us today that's, uh, that's uh, never listened to us. I, I hope there's many. But uh, those of you that have, have heard me talk about this, uh, these scriptures here quite a bit, especially when it comes to praising. And uh, I learned this a long time ago in my own personal life that if you live by your feelings, you're not going to do too much for God. If you live for your, by your feelings, you're not going to do too much for anybody because, listen, you'll let your feelings control you and rule you. But God never told us to live by how we feel. In fact, he said we should walk by faith and not by sight. And a lot of times when you're walking by faith, you don't feel like everything's okay. You don't, you don't feel like it's turning around, but by faith you know it. You know God is working, and it's in your heart, and He's working in your heart. And uh, that's when the Word becomes real and alive to you. And uh, in Second Chronicles chapter 20 is a story about Jehoshaphat. We all know the story. I'm not going to read the whole story because we're going to do communion in a few minutes. And, and, uh, but I'm not going to read the whole story. Most everybody knows the story that they were surrounded by enemy forces. And uh, they were coming to actually destroy them and take everything they had. And uh, the, first, the first response of Jehoshaphat was fear. That was his first response. The Bible says when he saw uh, uh, Ammon and Mount Sire and uh, these, uh, these kings coming against him, the Bible says he feared. And uh, that's one of the things that most people, everybody has to deal with at some point in time in their life. And many of you are dealing with it now. And uh, a fear, maybe about your job, maybe about the situations. And, and uh, it, that's, a, a, that's not so much we ought not fear it, but I know we're, we're thinking about it, and we got to trust God that he's going to take care of it. And uh, Jehoshaphat finally, uh, after he feared, uh, then he began to seek God. They sought God. Listen, you need to seek God at this time in your life. You know, it, it don't matter if everything's going well for you. I mean, in the midst of all this going on, you still need to be seeking God because God is the one that's going to turn this situation around. Anyway, they sought the Lord. They did all the things that uh, they felt like they were supposed to do. God spoke to them and he said some things to them. And, and in verse 15, uh, you're to read that story in Second Chronicles 20, starting with verse 1. And uh, he said in verse 15, and he said, listen, all you, this was uh, uh, Jehoshaphat. Uh, no, this wasn't Jehoshaphat. This is Asaph. And uh, he said, listen, all you Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and you King Jehoshaphat. Thus says the Lord to you. I tell you, when God says, thus saith the Lord to you, God's speaking. God says, and tell, give him some instruction that's going to change the situation. He says, thus says the Lord, uh, uh, King Jehoshaphat, thus says the Lord to you. Listen to what he said. Thus says the Lord, not thus says Asaph, uh, thus says the Lord. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid nor dismayed because of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours but God's. 
tomorrow go down against them, they will surely come up by the ascent of Ziz, and, and you will find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Zeruel. You will not, listen to this, you will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Listen, you need to be, you need to, you need to be positioned in your faith. You need to be positioned in your confidence and your trust in God. You need to be positioned in that, settled in that. In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians 6, when you've done all to stand, stand therefore. So you need to keep standing. Notice what it says. Position yourself, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O you Jew in Jerusalem. Do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord is with you. Listen, God is with you. Glory to God. He's with you right where you're at, and he's not about to leave you now. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem bowed before the Lord, worshiping him. Isn't that what we just did? We was worshiping God. We bowed our hearts to God. We worshiped God. What great songs these praise and worship team uh, did today, and what an excellent job they did, and we appreciate them so much for being here and doing this, and I know you do too. And then the Levites of the children of the Korahites, Korahites and the children of the Korahites stood up to pray. Listen to what? To praise the Lord God of Israel with voices loud and high. Oh, we're glad God don't get nervous around us. He loves and inhabits the praises. And they begin to worship and they begin to praise God loud and high. Listen, we don't praise and worship God just on a Sunday morning when we got Stacy up here and the praise and worship team, the musicians and the singers. We, that's not the only time we should be praising and worshiping God. You're to be doing it during the day. I mean, just, just, just give a shout sometimes. Just being out in your yard or something, just shout sometimes. And, and uh, actually the Bible says in Psalms 5 that we're to shout for joy. And so we're doing some shouting. Verse 20, so said, They rose early in the morning, went into the wilderness of the Kohen, and they went out. Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, O Judah, and you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you shall be established. Believe his prophets, and you shall prosper. And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed those who should sing to the Lord and who should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army and were saying, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. Notice what it says. He appointed those who should sing to the Lord. Well, I'm here to tell you, you should sing to the Lord. I'm appointing you to sing unto the Lord. And then he says, I'm, I'm going to give you a song to sing. I'm going to give you a song to say or something to sing. And uh, it's not going to be hard. It's not going to be a difficult song. I've heard some songs before, and I thought it didn't take them long to write that when it only had one verse. And so this is not a real long song. He says, sing this, say this, praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. But they were singing it. And I'm not a singer, so I'm not going to do I'm not going to try to sing it and put a uh, tune to it. But I'm telling you, they were going out. And notice what it says. I want you to go before the army. You're going to go in the front of the army. Yeah, that makes you feel real warm and fuzzy all over, knowing you're fixing to go in front of the guys that's got the swords and the shields and everything else. But I'm going to tell you something. What God was going to do is doing this. I'm going to put the greatest army in the front line. And that's the praisers. That's the worshipers. Those, those that know their God because God's going to do exploits and they're going to do exploits in God because they know God. And so he said, uh, you start saying it. So I could imagine... Uh, them getting up and, and the armies lined up behind all. I don't know how big this choir was. I bet there's a lot of people in this choir. We're, we're kind of, uh, you know, we got our choir up here. We don't have a real big choir, but we got some powerful singers. Glory to God. And, the, and so here's what, I don't know how they felt. 
I mean, there, the Bible says there's so many, there's thousands of enemy forces out there, thousands. And now they're on the front line and all they have is their voice. All they have is their voice, but that's all they needed. That's all they needed was their voice. We want the voice because, listen, your voice will be like a double-edged sword when it goes out of your mouth. And when they started saying, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever... Praise or not. Now, you got to understand, you got to picture this. They're actually walking towards the enemy. They're going towards the enemy camps, thousands of people. They're all armed to the, uh, to the core. They're, they're, they've done wiped out villages, by uh, killed thousands of people, and they're marching to them with nothing but a praise in their mouth. Amen. Glory to God. God must have thought, listen, I'm going to fight this battle, but you're going to have to cooperate with me and get something in your mouth that's going to change the circumstances that's before you. And so he said, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever. Now, I don't know. I'm not speaking on the behalf of this praise and worship team right now. But I guarantee there's sometimes when we come into church, we're not really feeling like, you know, well, bless God, we're coming in there. We want to pray. No, you're probably your flesh. One might have wanted to stay in bed, stuff like that. But they knew this. Once 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 you start doing it, I'm telling there's been times I hate to tell on myself, but my flesh really didn't feel that jumpy about being up preaching. But I'm going to tell you what, the more I opened my mouth and something started coming out, the greater anointing started coming, the greater power. And I believe that's what, exactly what happened with Jehoshaphat and his army and his praisers. When they started walking towards that and praise, praise the Lord for his mercy endures forever, I'm telling you, something started moving on the inside of them. Something started stirring on the inside of them. I believe a confidence in God, their covenant keeping God, began to rise up on the inside of them. They knew this God is for us. He said he's fighting this battle. And they started going over that hill. And listen to me, I, I believe before it was all over with, they did what, their only thought on their mind was I'm praising God and I'm thanking him for his mercy. And uh, I heard Kenneth Copeland talk about the mercy being hesed, which is a covenant word. It meant a covenant. Say that we could probably say praise the Lord for his covenant endures forever. Glory to God. And I tell you, they started marching. and the, the, the army was behind them, but I tell you what, God was before them. I said God was before them. Now when, listen to this, now when they began to sing, when they began to sing, here, here's what I want you to see in this. They didn't say, when God does something, I'll sing. No, God says, you sing and I'll do something. Come on now. He says, and when they began to sing and to praise, the Lord set ambushes against the people of Ammon and Moab, Mount Sar, who had come against Judah, and they were defeated. What was going on? Praise, worship, confidence in God, trust in God. And it goes on to say, For the people of Ammon and Moab stood up against the inhabitants of the Mount Sire to utterly kill and destroy them. And when they had made an end of the inhabitants of Sire, they helped to destroy one another. So when Judah came to the place overlooking the wilderness, they looked toward the multitude, and there were dead bodies fallen on the earth. No one had escaped. You know, listen to this. The devil is not expecting you to be praising God in times of pressure. 
I often wonder how the world, what in the world happened to these armies that they all of a sudden they're standing there, they've been fighting together for no telling how long, and all of a sudden they look at each other and say, I don't like you. And they just start killing each other, start wiping them out. Because I believe total confusion hit the enemy's camp because, listen, that is not what they, the enemy expects you to do. He expects you to get in fear. He expects you to worry. He expects you to uh, lose your confidence in God. But they, they just begin to sing and praise and worship God. And God took care of the enemy. Listen to verse 25. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry, which they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. There were three days gathering the spoil because there was so much. You know, I thought about this. They came out better than they started. You know, you're going to come out better than you started. You know, whatever, whatever, I believe, whatever the enemy robs from you, takes from you, God's going to repay back to you, and it's going to be better than it was before. So what did they do? They just listened to what God said do. They begin to sing. They begin to praise. You, we could all sit around and say, well, I don't really feel like that. Well, that's our problem. Most time, we don't feel like doing it, so we don't do it. When the Bible says nothing about doing it because we feel like doing it, it says do it because it's right. Huh? So you can praise and worship God. If it worked for Jehoshaphat, it'll work for you. Praise God. I want to share another story real quick. And, uh, and uh, then we'll, we'll do communion in a second. And uh, this was one I preached on a couple of Wednesday nights ago, but the Lord brought it back up to me to, to read it again and kind of minister from it. And uh, this is in Acts chapter 16, because we're talking about praise and we're talking about worshiping God and, and uh, not based upon how we feel, but based upon what God tells us and how we feel about God. And so Paul and Silas had been beaten and commanded not to preach no more in the name of Jesus. All the, uh, and the whole purpose, the, only, the reason they were beaten is because they did something that Jesus told us to do in Mark chapter 16 where it says, In my name you'll cast out devils. And they cast out a devil out of a, 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 a woman, a young lady. And because of it, they were persecuted and they were beaten and they was put in prison. All they was doing is what Jesus told them to do. And so, but in verse 25, it says this, uh, But at midnight, Paul and Silas were pr- Listen, but at midnight, Paul and Silas was praying. <clears throat> Excuse me a minute, I have to get a drink. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Now think about this for a minute. Paul and Silas had been beaten. They were bloodied. They were put in the dungeon of the prison. They were in stocks. They were chained down. And at midnight... And you know, people say this is the darkest hour of the night, or what is that? and it may be, and I'm not saying it's not, but the Lord spoke to me one day, and I've told this before. The Lord told me this one time. He said, it's also the dawning of a new day. I mean, at midnight, you start a whole new day. And I'm telling you, we're gonna st- we're, you're, you started a new day today. You'll start a new day at midnight tonight. And here's what they decided to do. They said, you know, we can do, we can do like everybody else. Let me, let me tell you, if you're in a prison, I have, well, I've preached in prison, but I've never been in prison. 
And, uh, but if you're in prison, you're in stocks, there's probably a lot of groaning. There's probably a lot of uh, complaining. There's a pl- probably a lot of griping. There's a probably a lot of hatred. There's probably a lot of strife and division. There's a probably a lot of that stuff in there. And Paul and Silas was in the middle of that. And I'm telling you, they could have let that get in them. They could have turned on each other. Uh, they could have, Paul, Silas could have probably told Paul, he said, you know, if it hadn't been for you, I wouldn't be in this mess. But he didn't do that. Here's what happened. They knew something about God. They knew something about Jesus. And here's what Paul and Silas did. And in the middle of the, at midnight, it says at midnight, Paul and Silas, and I believe they looked at each other and Paul said, well, Paul, uh, Silas, if anything's going to change, we're going to have to do something. If anything's going to change, we're going to have to do something. He says, so we know to pray and we know to praise. So let's do it. So the Bible says they were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. And so here they are in the middle of a a prison and they're chained down and all of a sudden they're praying to God and they start singing. And I believe they sing it with, sang with voices loud and high. They didn't care who was it. But I could imagine, the Bible says the prisoners were listening to them. Listen, I'm, let me tell you something. There's people listening to you. Paul and Silas knew this. We're in prison. We're in prison for something that we did in the name of Jesus. We're in prison, but here's what. Prison is not in us. We're not going to be captivated by our surrounding. We're going to, oh, listen to this. We're about to change our surroundings. They decided we're going to change our surroundings right now. So what did they start doing? Praying and singing. So they started changing that. The prisoners were listening. Here's what's so uh, uh, amazing about this. The prisoners were listening to them. And I guarantee you the prisoners were listening to them. And they were probably going looking at each other like, what in the world is going on with these guys? Listen to them. They ain't moaning and groaning and complaining and griping like we are. Man, they're rejoicing in God. They're rejoicing in their Savior. They're rejoicing. They were listening to them. And I guarantee guarantee you this, when you get to heaven, check that DVD out because you're going to go to heaven and you're going to hear this. You're going to see what they looked at and said, I'll tell you what, they started changing an atmosphere in that prison. It started changing the atmosphere in that prison. Why? Because they did not get caught up in, why? Did, oh, woe is me. Why is this happening to me? And they didn't start doing all that. They just started praising God. Why? Because they knew God was with them and he would not forsake them, but he'd be with them continually. So they were listening, but they weren't hearing what they had been hearing. They were hearing something that was producing something that was uh, producing life and peace. Oh, somebody hear me. And when they were doing that, suddenly, suddenly there was an earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains were loosed. Everyone's. Not just theirs. Everyone's. Listen to me, everyone suddenly, why? Because when they started doing something, things started changing. You can do things to change the situation around you. You can do something to change. I know this seems far-fetched. You say, well, that's easy for you to say, preacher. Well, it's easy for you to say, too. We just have to make up our mind to do it. 
And so all the chains were open. Now, you can imagine these guys. They're, they're listening to them. They're taking heed to what they're singing, what they're praying. And all of a sudden, when their chains get loose, so did theirs. When it shook the prison, it also shook their chains off. So everyone was loose. It says the, the foundations of the prison were shaken. All the doors were open and everyone's chains were loose. I'm telling you something right now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, church. There's people listening to what's coming out of your mouth. They're listening to what you're singing. Are you singing the blues? Are you singing the praise? They're listening. And I'm telling you what, they're bound. You've been loosed. So you need to let what you do and your actions and what you sing and what you say and what you pray help loose the chains off of them. Listen, if you walk out in peace and you have peace in your life, I'm telling you something, that peace will be contagious around you. But if you walk around somebody and you start saying, I don't know what we're going to do. I just don't know what we're going to do. I'm going to do that kind of other kitchen. You say, I thought you knew what you'd do. I thought you was a Christian. I thought you believed God. Come on now. You say, well, pastor, listen, it's not no pastor. We all have to fight the thoughts. But what we have to do also is say, listen, here's what I'm going to do. I am, and I'm talking to a spread out group, but I got about five, six people in here. Listen, what we do, uh, you know, what I do, I, I understand this about me. I understand this about my life. I understand this about my contact with people or me talking that they're, they're, if, 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 I'm, if I'm in turmoil, if I'm worried, if I'm freaking out, and they're thinking, well, he's a preacher. He believes in God. He preaches all this stuff, and he's freaking out. What are we going to do? But I tell you what, when you walk out there and no matter what's going on in your mind, you say, I, my, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I'm telling you something. The Bible says that, that uh, uh, hope would be the anchor to your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. And I'm telling you, people are looking. When Paul and the, uh, Silas started singing, them prisoners, they, they completely gained the attention of all the other prisoners. Am I right? They gained the attention to all the other prisoners. And they were focused on Paul and Silas, on their reactions. What they're, are they going to want to kill the guards? Are they going to kill the king? Are they gonna, no, no, no. They just started worshiping the king and praising the king. And they were listening. And they were thinking, there's something different about these men. There's something different about these guys. They're not acting like we are. They're not talking like we are. Listen, people, people's got to see Christ in you. Because Christ in you is the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. they got to see Christ in us. And your, your situation may be bad. It may not be good. But praise God, at the same time, you are going to have to project who you are, who you believe in, who God is to you. And when you do that, it starts giving a, a peace and a confidence to people around you. And notice what it says. They were all loose from their chains. They were loose. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep, seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. And Paul called with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm, for we are all here. Now listen. This is a miracle. The prisoners didn't flee. The doors are open. They're unloosed from the stock. But there was something. There was a... Oh, shoot. There was a presence in that prison. 
There was an anointing in that prison because the anointing is what destroys yokes and removes burdens in people's lives. And I'm telling you something, there was an impact of what Paul and Silas were doing in that prison on the other prisoners and they didn't take off running when the doors opened. The the guards was asleep. What an opportunity. But God was working. God was working. And did you know? When that guard stood up, he figured, they're gone, I'm going to kill myself. And, you know, notice, no, notice, notice, none of the prisoners said, let me help. Kill you. They didn't, they didn't run over there and say, we're going to take you out ourselves. They all just stood there. Listen, to, could you imagine listening to what Paul was saying? Notice Paul said, with a loud voice. He, he wasn't quiet about this. And he said, what must I, and notice why he said, what must I, listen to this, listen. I, I've never paid much attention to this. And he said, he brought them out and, and brought, with a loud voice, Paul said, do yourself no harm for we're all here. Nobody's left. Then he called for a light and ran in, fell down trembling for Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ you and you will be saved and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes and immediately he and all his family were baptized. Now when he had brought them into his house, he set food before him and he rejoiced having believed in God with all his household. Here's what happened in that prison. Listen, I believe the other prisoners heard the plan of salvation. Paul wasn't in that prison, didn't tell them how to be born again. There's no telling how many of them got saved in that prison. Revival broke out in that prison because two men, two men decided we are not going to let the situation change us. We're going to change the situation. Are you hearing me? And I'm telling you, it brought revival. If we want, I believe all this that's going on in the United States of America and the world right now, this pandemic, I believe... We as Christians, when we rise up and we stand up and we say and we pray and we say and we praise and we speak the word of God, revival is going to break out in the United States of America and the world. Revival. People's going to be saved in people's homes and houses. Their families are going to be saved in Jesus' name. I'm telling you, we've got a lot of uh, 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 power and anointing on the inside of us and we need to be releasing it through our words and through our praise and through our prayers. And I'm telling you, things are going to change just like it did with, with Paul and Silas. They got released from that prison. The thing, situation changed. And I'm telling you, you're going to be released from this situation in your life because things are changing in the mighty name of Jesus. Isn't God so good? I, you know, in Hebrews 13, 15, it says, Therefore by him let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. We're to continually offer the sacrifice of praise unto God. You know, I love praising. I love praising the Lord, and, and I, love, I love being here to praise and worship God. But, you know, I praise and worship God at home. I praise and worship going down the road. And uh, the thing about it is God is where you are right now. And he, he wants the best for you. He wants to move in your life and bless you. So realize that you don't have to panic. You don't have to live in fear. You can serve the Lord with gladness. And I'm telling you, because of that, you'll start seeing situations change around you and people's lives change. God is so good. I'm, I'm glad you came today. Yes. I'm glad you uh, tuned in today. And I hope 
I've said something that will help you a little bit to encourage you to keep on serving God. Let people see your light. The Bible says uh, uh, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine. Be the light. That's it. Be the light. I know Stacey Sidney's got a shirt that says be the light. Be the light. You are the light. The light's in you. And I'm telling you what, peace is a projection of the light. That's right. Joy is a projection of the light. Confidence is a projection of the light. Truth is a projection of the light. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Amen. So when you're projecting those things in your life, that's light to those that are in darkness. What a good God we serve. What a mighty God we serve.